அலம்துல்லாம் aspect of this universe is insan if insan doesn't exist in this universe there's no benefit in this universe existing itself but not just any insan that insan who takes the name of allah taala allah taala will keep this entire universe existing as long as there is some such one insan also remaining on this earth and in the hadith sharif rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam explains this that la taqumu as-sa'a hatta yuqala fil ardi allah allah that qiyamah will not come until there is even one person taking the name of allah taala on earth so this entire universe the entire system that allah taala has created this vast universe from south to west to north south to north and east to west and the entire galaxies that are existing and the sun rising in its time and setting in the evening and the moon shining and the rain coming and the vegetation and the crops growing and the entire system of the oceans and all the things that Allah Taala has created all this is the khadim and the servant of this insan who takes the name of Allah Taala and therefore when this insan who takes the name of allah taala doesn't exist qiyamah will come so this how important this insan is but what really is this insan who really is this insan one is this body of this insan this human being but this body of this insan which generally is what insan is referred to is not really the insan when a person passes away at that moment when he has just passed away everything is as it was one minute before the same hands and feet are still existing the same eyes are still there the same ears are, are there the mouth the teeth are all still intact everything is as is as it was just one minute before but something has happened the ruh and the soul has left So now no more anybody refers to this insan that was there previously as insan anymore. Everybody calls it the janaza. Call it a corpse. And a few minutes prior to this this person was the apple of everybody's eye, very well cared for, looked up to, respected, honored. People wanted to do everything for him 
somebody wanted to help him in some way or the other, serve him in some way or the other. Now the only concern is how we can quickly put him under the ground. All this while he was a person who, when he clicked his fingers, people would start jumping to serve him and to fulfill whatever his instructions are. Now he can't click any fingers. Those very people who used to be racing to now fulfill his instructions are now trying to hurry up to get him buried quickly. Those hands that used to come and be at his service to help him do whatever he wants, fulfill his instructions, those hands are now using those spades or using the hands themselves to pour sand on his grave and fill all the sand up over him. So what has happened, that same body that was there, the same hands and feet, everything is the same, but that roof came out, that soul left. When the soul left, this whole revolution took place. People don't refer to him by his name anymore. They don't say so-and-so is lying there. They say the janaza of so-and-so is lying there. Everything changed in that one moment when the ruh left. What we understand is the real insan is that ruh. That ruh was there and there was all this care and this attention given to this body also. There was all that respect and honor given to it. Everything was now being done for it. And there was so much authority in this body, click of the finger and so many things would happen. An indication of the eyes and so many things would happen. And people out of awe for this person sometimes, out of his authority and whatever else, his might on in dunya, they would be unable to just meet eyes with him. But now suddenly what happened? Suddenly everything has changed. So what has happened? That Ruh has left. And that Ruh has left, this is the real part of Insan. Now when this is the real part of Insan, now the question is that how much of attention is given to this Ruh, which is the real part of Insan, which is the actual engine, which is the main ingredient in him. And how much of attention is given to the body which one day will become dust in the grave. <coughs> Just as this body, it has its strength, it becomes ill also. Some things make it strong and sometimes it becomes ill. All kinds of illnesses, all kinds of ailments then affect this body. person sometimes has some headache, sometimes he's got some stomach problem, sometimes he's got some other issue, sometimes his sight is a problem, sometimes his hearing is lost, and so many things, people have to go for so many various treatments thereafter. So just as this body undergoes all this, likewise the ruh also has its situations. There are certain things that strengthen this ruh, and sometimes this ruh becomes very ill also. All kinds of illnesses affect this ruh. Like you get the illnesses of the body, sometimes it's cancer, sometimes it's a heart failure, sometimes it's something else. There are various ailments that affect the ruh. There's sometimes pride and arrogance that becomes a severe cancer of the ruh. Sometimes it's anger, uncontrolled anger. <coughs> At times it's the very, very serious malady of jealousy. Sometimes malice. 
sometimes love of the ego, love of dunya, all these are maladies of the heart, of the soul, of the zuroh. When this body becomes ill, it can't function. Can't do whatever it's supposed to do correctly. Person is ill, he can't walk sometimes properly. So ill sometimes he can't even sit up. He needs help, two people to help him sit up. Can't walk, he needs to be taken in a wheelchair somewhere maybe. Sometimes he's so sick he can't even remain sitting up, he has to be lying on a stretcher. This ruh sometimes becomes so ill that it can't get a person to do any good. Can't bring him to the masjid. It can't make him say one subhanallah. Because it's so sick. It's almost paralyzed. Because of all the maladies that have affected it. Just as this body, it has its things that beautify it, adorn it. Various things insan does to try and adorn himself, beautify himself, make himself more uh, stronger. So likewise there are things that strengthen the ruh. Various things that strengthen the ruh. Person adopts the inner qualities, the good qualities of the heart, of the ruh. He adopts sabr. Sabr brings a beauty to the ruh. Beautifies it, adorns it. He adopts shukar. Shukar, it adorns that ruh. Makes it glitter. He adopts tawazu and humility. All these various good qualities of the heart, of the ruh, this adorns it. And just as there are things that make this insan very ugly, makes him very, very uh, unappealing, person sometimes, something happens, disfigures a person, Allah forbid. Now somebody else, some child just sees him and gets a fright, he doesn't come near also. Likewise, there are things that disfigure the ruh. The same maladies that we spoke about, disfigure the ruh. Makes it ugly. Angels, they despise such a ruh. Just as that body, when if it is neglected, it starts adopting a stench. Sometimes from a distance, a person now doesn't want to come close. Likewise, this ruh picks up a stench. The Hadith Sharif, it comes, and if a person lies, so when a person lies, there's such a stench that emanates from his mouth. This is the stench of the roux. Because the roux got so affected. It emanates from the mouth, but because this is not something physical, so the physical beings, they don't, under, they don't perceive it. But the malaika perceive it, because they are ruhani beings. There's a stench of the spiritual self. And they are spiritual beings. They perceive it. It comes in the Hadith Sharif when a person lies, there's such a stench that emanates from his mouth that the malaika flee to the extent of one mile away to just protect themselves from the stench. So this ruh becomes so sick and sometimes due to the neglect picks up such a stench that the malaika flee far away. So this is this insan, the real part of this insan is this ruh. And just as they are ahkam and the commands of Allah Ta'ala that are applicable to this physical self. This physical self also there are various commands that have to be fulfilled. The command of salah, that's a physical ibadat. 
person has to perform his salah, he has to stand up, he has to make ruku, make sabza. All this is physical. He has to fast, he has to keep his stomach hungry. That's a physical ibadat. He has to give zakat that too is discharged with his hand. It's a monetary ibadat, partly physical as well. Hajj a person has to take the effort of going, making the journey, fulfilling all the various rites of hajj. All this is physical. These are very great commands of Allah Ta'ala, the pillars of Islam. Likewise, they are ahkam and commands pertaining to the ruh and the soul of insan. Just as it is first to perform salah in its time. Tomorrow morning when fajr time will come, Alhamdulillah with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala we perform isha salah. And that too with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala with jama'ah. Now the time of fajr will come, it will be first now to perform the fajr salah. The hadith sharif it comes, the person performed his isha salah with jama'ah. فَكَأَنَّمَا قَامَ نِصْفَ اللَّيْلِ The reward he gets is as if he had spent half the night standing in ibadat. So Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy. Person took that little effort, he left his home, he left his occupation, he left whatever he was involved in, occupied with whatever other things might have been in his way, obstacles that were there, he pushed everything aside and he took that effort to come to the house of Allah Ta'ala and perform his salah in jama'ah. He performed his salah with jama'ah. Allah Ta'ala's grace now is such that now for free, this is a bonus now, that he went to sleep after Isha, but because he came and performed it with jama'ah, he gets the sawab of performing half, standing half the night in ibadat. And then the person comes and performs his fajr salah with jama'ah, then فَكَأَنَّمَا قَامَ اللَّيْلَ كُلَّهِ And he gets a reward as if he stood the entire night in ibadat. What a simple prescription has been given to us to maximize our rewards. That a person now is not able to stand too long in ibadat. Maybe he'll perform a few rakats before he goes to bed. Wake up in the last part of the night. Allah Ta'ala give tawfiq, make two rakats, four rakats. But he performed his isha and fajr with jama'ah. He gets the reward of standing the whole night in ibadat. So what a deprivation if we don't take advantage of this. So in any case, these are great commands, very very important commands, but just as it is first to perform the Fajr Salah when the time of Fajr will come, it is first to adopt Sabr for the time when Sabr has to be adopted. Adopting Sabr is that a person submits himself to Allah Ta'ala in that situation that is now negative, something that is trying, some challenge. So he feels something within him, he's insan. But he doesn't say or do anything that will displease Allah Ta'ala. He bears that patiently. He's in time, he'll feel the pain, he might get emotional sometimes. But he doesn't say or do anything that will displease Allah Ta'ala. He doesn't make any such statement that goes against the commands of Allah Ta'ala. That crosses the line of deen. He has full yaqeen, full conviction. That though this is challenging for me, this is a difficult thing for me, but Allah Ta'ala's hikmat is in it. Allah Ta'ala's wisdom is infused in it. And Allah Ta'ala's hikmat and wisdom in this is beyond my comprehension, therefore I must just submit. I don't have to get into that, what is the wisdom in it? That's not in my, that's not my responsibility. I must have the conviction Allah Ta'ala's hikmat is in it. Umar bin Abdul Aziz he used to say that if Allah Ta'ala has taken away something, person, Allah Ta'ala willed it, something got lost, something, whatever happened, 
So some possession of his went away. But in return, Allah Ta'ala blessed him with sabr. In other words, he, this too came from Allah Ta'ala. This too is a topic of Allah Ta'ala. So something went away, but in return he was blessed with sabr. Then whatever went, what he got in return is far, far greater than that. What went can't compare in any way to what Allah Ta'ala gave him in return. That sabr that Allah Ta'ala gave him. Our mind goes only that what else will come now in place of it. Some material thing went. What other material thing will come in return? That too happens with the tawfiq of Allah, with the fazal of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala replaces it in different ways also. But this is only talking about that gift of sabr. That the person made sabr. That sabr too was a gift from Allah Ta'ala. He didn't utter anything out of line. Yes, he's in insan, he felt maybe some pain, he felt some emotion, whatever else. But he didn't say anything. He submitted himself mentally, wholeheartedly to Allah Ta'ala. Allah, whatever, this is your decree. And I submit to it. I got no objection against Allah Ta'ala. Then what he was given in return, that sabr, is far greater than what was taken from him. And therefore in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, وَمَا أُعْطِيَ أَحَدٌ عَطَاءً خَيْرًا وَأَوْسَعًا مِنَ الصَّبْرِ That a person has never been blessed with a gift, with a ata, with a bounty, which is better and more comprehensive than sabr. But now we are talking about, that just as at the time of Fajr Salah, it is compulsory, it is first to perform the Fajr. When sabr is required, it is first to adopt the sabr. It's not something optional. Because if a person is not going to adopt the sabr at that time, then he's going to start making kinds of statements which might even render his iman null and void. He might start uttering things, blurting out things which can nullify his iman. Billah, a person makes statements like, Allah Ta'ala, Na'uzubillah, I didn't find anybody else for this. Only I was the only person left. Na'uzubillah. These kind of statements can lead a person to kufr. Can render a person's iman null and void. This is the result of that lack of sabr. So sabr doesn't mean that the person adopting sabr won't feel pain. He won't feel emotion. No, that's part of insan. But he won't say or do anything that's against Allah Ta'ala's commands. So just as it's compulsory to perform salah in time, it's compulsory to adopt sabr when sabr is required. Just as it is compulsory to fast when the month of Ramadan comes, it is compulsory to adopt shukr when the need of, when the occasion of shukr is there. Allah Ta'ala's na'mat and bounties, the person is receiving one after the other, and he makes no shukr upon it. Shukr verbally also, and the reality of shukr is the amali shukr. The shukr that a person does by being obedient to Allah Ta'ala. But that verbal shukr also at that occasion, instantly, immediately, and then the long-term shukr, the ongoing shukr, the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. So that shukr is also farz. Just as fasting is farz, the shukr is farz. It says, Salah is farz, the sabr is also farz. And just as there are things that pertain to the external self which are haram, to consume alcohol is haram, to eat things that are forbidden, all that is haram, to indulge in fornication, adultery is haram, to indulge in gambling is haram. 
is all things which are haram. And every person understands it to be haram. And a person who's got some kind of consciousness of deen, then he will make an effort to stay away from these things. Just as these things are haram, likewise pride is haram. Just as to lie is haram, likewise to have jealousy in the heart is haram. To have malice is haram. So these aspects that pertain to the external self, just as these are things that are forbidden, many of these things Allah Ta'ala has forbidden for Islam, likewise there are things that are pertaining to the internal self. But often the only concern is about our external self. Externally, whatever the commands are, I must try and fulfill that. Alhamdulillah, that too is a very great thing. Externally, whatever the forbidden things are, I must stay away from it. Alhamdulillah. But just as there are these external ahkam and commands of Allah, there are internal ahkam. Those are the things sometimes completely neglected, let alone neglected, sometimes we are not even conscious this is a command that is compulsory, this is a command that I must refrain from this, this is haram. That consciousness also doesn't exist sometimes. As a result, a person in his salah will be also at that same time while his salah is being performed, he'll be incurring the sin of jealousy also. Because in that salah he's already, his mind and heart is also, it's soaked in the jealousy. He'll be fasting, while he's fasting, but at the same time he is being, he's incurring the wrath of Allah Ta'ala due to his takabbur, due to the pride and arrogance. He's fulfilling other great ibadah sometimes. But simultaneously with that ibadat, because of so many internal illnesses, he is incurring the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. And this is the reason why, despite the fact that sometimes a person does many things externally, but in some total of the spiritual progress, we don't get anywhere. Because the internal side of a person, that is not being worked on. And a very great part of this internal side of insan is what is called akhlaq. All these internal things, so starting off where we commence from, that this insan, there's this jism, this external self, this physical self, and then there's the ruh, the soul of insan. The ruh comes out, this whole body is useless. The only thing that everybody is concerned about is to take it and bury it now. The main part of this insan is this ruh. And the most important part of this ruh, after iman, is akhlaq. This is what makes us insan. Insan is made of akhlaq. The branches of deen take the mu'amalat and mu'asharat, two very major branches of deen. Mu'amalat, dealings, mu'asharat, social life, social etiquette. All this also cannot be fulfilled to any extent if there is no akhlaq. Take akhlaq out of the equation, the mu'amalat will be all corrupted. The person's social life and mu'asharat will be all upside down also. If this akhlaq is out of order, the akhlaq is not in place, that character of a person is not in place, and everything else will behave higher. And as a result of this lack of akhlaq, he'll lose his ibadat also. The day of qiyamah, his ibadat will get dished out to others. So this brings us to this very, very crucial aspect now, that all this, we've understood how important it is, it brings us to this important aspect of akhlaq. So akhlaq means insan. Take the akhlaq out entirely, 
then there isn't much difference left between insan and hayawan. This insan, this human being and an animal, very little difference between the two. If this akhlaq is in this person, then this distinguishes him. Then this makes him excel. Take the akhlaq out of the equation, and very little difference between insan and hayawan. And therefore, the Rasul, in the ahadith, Rasulullah sallallahu gives us this very, very great virtue of akhlaq. Akmalul mu'minina imanan, ahsanuhum khuluqa. The person with the most perfect iman. Obviously, there cannot be any perfection to iman without salah being in place, without fasting, zakat, hajj being in place, without staying away from haram. That goes without saying. But then together with that, the person with the most perfect iman is the person with the best akhlaq. Ahsanuhum khuluqa. Wa khiyarukum khiyarukum li nisa'ihim. Nabi Islam then says that expanding this akhlaq a little bit. The best among you is the one who is best to his wife. Now this, so much of detail in this, no time to go into that part of it. But this is a test of akhlaq. Akhlaq gets tested more within the four walls of a person's home than anywhere else. And therefore Rasulullah is giving us this prescription. Khiyarukum khiyarukum li nisahi. Akhlaq is not what we generally just understand akhlaq to be. Smile at a person and talk to him nicely and uh, entertain him well if he comes as a guest. This is all what is the dictates of akhlaq. If a person truly has akhlaq in him, then this will come naturally. And if akhlaq is not there, then by just forcing oneself or just due to social pressure of some sort, not to be known as a person who is a rude person, somebody who is uh, unhospitable, then these things can still be done just out of the practice of it or whatever the case is, force of habit. But when the real test comes out of the blue, the inside will speak. Now when there is no need to pretend, one's own household people are there, and now there is a need to serve somebody, you do it yourself. I'm not your servant. Now suddenly you were, that guest came, and he said, no, no, don't do all this. He said, no, I'm at your service. Whatever you want, anything, I'm at your service. And now somebody who's, hundred times closer to you, ask for a small thing, you say, I'm not your servant. So now the inside started speaking. I'm nobody's servant. But now I have to pre- pretend to be some people's servant sometimes. Because the inside is not done. And otherwise, if the inside is made, then a person regards him, that's the reality of akhlaq. Akhlaq is the kefiyat and the condition of the heart and ruh. This room is akhlaq. When that ruh has been truly adorned, then that will shine in every situation. So then it will not need to pretend sometimes, no matter whether it is some stranger, whether it is the closest person, naturally the same things will flow. The same conduct will flow. The same humility will be there. The same kind of language will be there. If that akhlaq is missing, then in front of a stranger, a person will speak very nicely, very, very humbly. And with the closest people to him, he'll be talking all vulgarity. The slightest mistake they made, that stranger made a mistake, he says, no, don't worry. Don't worry, no, no, don't, don't, nothing to worry about. 
And the person closest to him, people right around him, people who are most dear to him, they make one small mistake and the worst kind of vulgarity spewed at them. Now this is all due to that lack of akhlaq. So now take this akhlaq out of this person, that ruh minus the akhlaq, this is the mean part of insan, just as things disfigure this human body. Allah forbid a person meets a terrible accident, gets disfigured, gets maimed, gets paralyzed. Take that akhlaq out of this ruh, it's like a paralyzed, disfigured, ugly ruh. And that stench. And as a result, there will be chaos all around. That home will be a home of chaos. Because a place that something that there's a stench, there's a terrible odor, nobody feels comfortable. So likewise, the roof around all feel uncomfortable because of the stench. The roof feels the stench. So the thing to really develop is this akhlaq. When the akhlaq is adorned, then there's no need for any pretense. It just comes naturally. Because it's a condition now that has been developed. Sir Maha Hussain Ahmad Bandi was a very, very great personality. Very great alim, muhaddith. Person who taught Hadith Sharif in Medina Munawwara in front of the Rosa Mubarak for 17 years. Now at, in the early stages, when they just migrated from India to Medina Munawwara, they were in very dire circumstances. And his father was trying to now build up a little bit of a small place to stay so that the family would have some roof of their own. Now very often it would happen that the laborers now who were supposed to help to build that suddenly didn't come. And now things have to be done. That probably that cement sometimes already there to be mixed up. So he would send a message to him. Uh, he's a great muhaddith of the time. He would send a message that look the laborers didn't come, you have to come help. He would excuse himself because he wasn't employed to teach or anything. He wasn't doing something out of employing anybody. He was just there out of his own voluntary service. So he would excuse himself and he would say to them that, look, unfortunately I can't continue with the lesson now. I have to now attend to this important instruction. So please excuse me. And he would leave and he would go to now attend to that. He would go and attend to that and help his father to now mix that cement and gaga and build that house. Without any complaint. No excuse. How did this happen? It just happened just like that? No, it came, there was something inside. Once he was traveling by train, and in India, the condition of the train, the toilets, especially anybody who's traveled in the third class coach, for example, particularly the third class coach would know what goes on. So now one person, a non-Muslim, a Hindu, he was in the same coach, he needed to use the toilet, he went, and he came out faster than he went in. Really, in a moment he was out. So it was obvious that he didn't use the toilets. Hazrat immediately understood what was the whole problem, why this person came out so quickly. So after a short while, without saying anything, without making it obvious, very quietly then after a short while he woke up, and then he went away to the toilets. He had his little jug with him, which he used to keep for wudu, etc. And whatever else he could, he went in and after a while he came out. In that time he had completely cleaned out the toilets. Then all he came and he said to that Hindu, that I went and used the toilet, it's fine. 
So now this person knows he went and saw it himself. It wasn't fine. They say, no, no, I just saw it now. I just came now. It's fine. Not that he even said, I sorted it out. That statement also didn't come because that too was part of the akhlaq. That ikhlas. Ikhlas is part of that. This is what adorns that ruh. This is what brings that glitter and shine in the ruh. All these great qualities. So he didn't even come say that I sorted it out. He said, no, it's fine. So this person went, he realized what happened. And when he came, he couldn't hold back his admiration that you really went out of your way to make just out of consideration for me. See, if I stay longer here, I might accept Islam also. Now, this is a kafiyat of the heart. It doesn't require then any kind of coaxing. And the good things happen naturally. And refraining from the bad and the evil actions happens naturally. Because inside there's a kafiyat, there's a conditioning of the heart that has taken place. That who has been conditioned. And that is the seat of everything. That is where it all emanates from. When that has been adorned, the glitter will come in everything. The glitter will come in the speech, it will come in the actions, it will come in the mannerisms. And if there is a stench inside, then that stench is going to show itself outside. Some way or the other. It will somehow be masked sometimes with like some external perfume. But that will very quickly evaporate. So now when the guests came, when there is some stranger to deal with, when there is some business deal to do, then suddenly the itter on top of the stench, the itter of tawazu, the itter of humility will all be just put there for that moment. But very quickly that evaporates. Before the person entered his home already that evaporated. So now he enters without salam. He enters starting to now show his authority and bark orders and all kinds of things because the tawazu is not there inside. It was on top of this mask with a little bit of itter of pretense. But that evaporated. Now that stench is again back where it was. So this insan is really his ruh. Take that ruh out, they'll want to bury that body quickly because just now that body is going to burst. The ruh is insan in reality. And the real part of this ruh together with iman after iman is akhlaq. Take this akhlaq out of the ruh, then there's very little difference left between this insan and hayawan and animal. This human being and animal, very little difference. Just as the animal, in the animal kingdom, in the animal, in the jungles, there are those animals will attack others for food. But that's how, that's how they will get their food. Attack somebody, tear him apart, and they'll survive. So now you'll get this insan, that he'll become that kind of animal sometimes. Tear somebody else apart to survive. Not survive, just to add to his coffers. And then you'll get so, those kind of animals that will attack others, for no reason. One is for defending themselves. Okay. For no reason. They'll just attack anybody that passes in the way. So you'll get this insan who will just be a cause of destruction to others for no reason. Nobody must come past his, cross his path, that's all. So this will all become the end result when this rule has not been developed. When that akhlaq in this rule has not been developed. So just as this physical self, there's so much of effort put behind it, to care for it, to strengthen it, to adorn it, to make it prosper, to make it flourish and keep it strong and healthy. What is the proportion of effort that has to be made then for the ruh? If so much of effort is required for the secondary aspect of insan, which is his body, then the primary aspect of this insan, which is his ruh, how much of effort has to be made on this ruh? This sometimes we expect that 
by perhaps listening to one talk once in a while, maybe attending the Juma lecture on time, that is if we heard anything also. And somewhere here and there we will read some book maybe, and everything will happen, everything will just take place, the rule will just come right, the akhlaq will just be acquired, things will all just fall in place. For the body, these things won't just fall in place. A person just doesn't hear one talk and everything just happens. He just reads one book and everything just happens. No, there's a lot of effort that's to be made. He goes, studies, gets uh, expert tuition under the guidance of people who are experts in the field. And then he progresses and then he masters something. And then now on top of that he needs to go under some kind of practical training. And after all these so many processes, now he's come to a point where he is given the license to practice. Before that, he tries to practice and lock him up through the key away. You're not, you're not qualified to do anything yet. So many processes he undertakes, because then he can be qualified enough to take care of this insani jism, of this external self of the insan. So now for the ruh, how much of effort has to be made for this ruh? Unfortunately, this is where we lack often. That, that proportionate effort that is required for the ruh, so if one certain fraction is required for the body, so many times more effort will be required for the ruh. Because that's the main part of this insan. This body is one day going to become part of the sand of the grave. This ruh is going to continue. This ruh has an eternal journey. So this ruh has to be worked on, the effort has to be made to inculcate all these qualities of the ruh, to inculcate the sabr and shukr, to inculcate this love of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, this ma'rifat and recognition of Allah ta'ala, this body has recognized, the eyes have recognized technology and the mind has understood the technology and all the things of this dunya, the body has understood. The ruh is supposed to have recognized Allah Ta'ala. But the ruh hasn't recognized Allah Ta'ala. As a result of which the body also gets corrupted. So now this is the ruh supposed to be having, acquiring this ma'rifat of Allah Ta'ala, this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala, acquiring the sabr, the shukr, the reality of this tawazu and humility, and all the various good qualities and the, just as the body is kept uh, to be, keep it healthy, keep it free from disease, anything comes up, immediately a person is taking some medication, going to the doctor, getting some treatment. Likewise, the various maladies of the ruh, the pride, the arrogance, the jealousy, the malice, the love of dunya, the love of the ego, and all the various other maladies of the heart and the ruh, these two need to be treated, they need to be attended to, otherwise Allah forbid, the stench that is in dunya already will be a problem for us. Worst is that this, this stench overtakes us in the cover. Worst is if this stench overtakes us on the day of Qiyamah. If this rot becomes apparent on that day, then there is no chance of now making amends. Here in dunya, a person still has a chance to make toba, to come back to Allah wa ta'ala. Once we've crossed this line of dunya, we've gone to the akhirat, then the chance of making amends is already gone to. When that moment comes, that we will cross this line, we have no idea. We don't have any guarantee for now, let alone tomorrow. Allah Ta'ala, give us a tawfiq that we make a great effort on this ruh, on the soul to try and adorn it, beautify it, bring the correct qualities within ourselves and rid ourselves of all the evil and base qualities and make ourselves the true servants of Allah Ta'ala. Wa ta'ala. Wa-akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi It's important the hadith sharif, a person recites la ilaha illallah hundred times daily. Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will grant him the tawfiq of righteous actions. And this will become a means of his getting protected from sin. So inshallah we should try to 
make a practice of this daily in our homes, whoever in our own time and space we try and practice on this daily la ilaha illallah hundred times, inshallah this will bring us tremendous benefit. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayrin khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Bima huwa ahlu La ilaha illallah 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 
ولا هم الا فرجتها ولا حاجه هي لك رضا الا قضيتها ويسرتها يا ارحم الراحمين يا ارحم الراحمين يا ارحم الراحمين ربنا لا تؤاخذنا ان نسينا واخطانا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا اسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقه لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا انت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل اخرتنا خيرا من الاولى اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها وزكها انت خير من زكاها انت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لاحسن الاخلاق اللهم اهدنا لاحسن الاخلاق لا يهدي لاحسنها الا انت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها الا انت اله العالمين يا الله او موس مرسيفول موس غريشس موس كاين موس لافيك الله اله العالمين يا الله فوجيف اس يا الله فوجيف اول او ميجر مايرسن يا الله الله انديد وي ار يور موس سينفول سيرفنت يا الله وي اكنوليج اول ذا رونجز يو هاف دن يا الله there is nothing we can hide from you ya allah but you are most forgiving ya allah you are most merciful ya allah you are most kind ya allah you are most gracious ya allah you are most loving ya allah ya allah you love forgiving ya allah ya allah your forgiveness is for sinners ya allah we are those sinners who are in need of your forgiveness ya allah ya allah forgive all our major and minor sins ya allah forgive our families ya allah forgive our friends and relatives ya allah forgive the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Ya Allah, show your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Show your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the hardships and difficulties of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, Ya Allah. Make us your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us true insan, Ya Allah. Make us musalman, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us true believers and mu'mineen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the akhlaq of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, adorn our ruh, Ya Allah. Make our ruh strong, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, Ya Allah. That kind of neglect that we have shown to our ruh, Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to pay full attention to the ruh, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, more than we pay attention to our bodies and physical selves, Ya Allah, more than that, enable us to pay attention to our ruh, Ya Allah. Enable us to work for the ruh, Ya Allah. Enable us to strengthen the ruh, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, Ya Allah, you beautify and adorn the ruh of ours, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, Ya Allah, you guide us to your pleasure in every action, Ya Allah. Save us from your displeasure, Ya Allah. Save us from all those things that you are displeased with, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, Ya Allah, keep us steadfast on deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the akhlaq of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Grant us his beautiful mu'amalat and mu'asharat, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, enable us to fulfill all the ibadat correctly, Ya Allah. Enable us to perform our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Grant us such a salah with which you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, cleanse our hearts out of all the evils, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all the pride, the arrogance, the malice, the jealousy, the love of dunya, the love of the ego, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, grant us the reality of tawazu, Ya Allah. Grant us the reality of shukr, Ya Allah. Grant us the reality of sabr, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, Ya Allah, you grant us all the noble qualities, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai, kamila, adila, mustamirra, daima. Ya Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who are in financial difficulties, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barqat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from every drop and grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, Ya Allah. Whatever difficulties, hardships, depression, worries, anxiety people have, Ya Allah, out of your grace and mercy, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant itminan and sukoon to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have passed away, Ya Allah, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. 
Pull their covers with noor, ya Allah. Ya Allah, make their complete maghfirat and give them the highest stages in the akhirat, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah, at the time of our that take us with Allah, ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman kamil, ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, ya Allah. Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, ya Allah. Allah, make that the happiest moment of our lives, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Make our covers gardens of jannah for us, ya Allah. Grant us the shafaat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, grant us the water of kawsar from his mubarak hand, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, grant us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah, save us from the azab of the qabr, ya Allah. Save us from the torments of qiyamah, ya Allah. Save us from the azab of jahannam, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them, ya Allah. Those who have aspired that we should make dua for them, ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua, ya Allah. God, don't know of each one's needs, ya Allah. Fulfill each one's guys' needs from the ghayb, ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships with afiyat, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are in any kind of difficulties and problems, remove it with afiyat, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah, make us the means of joining, Ya Allah. Save us from becoming the means of breaking, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, enable us to join ourselves and others with you, Ya Allah. Enable us to join people together and make them join with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from becoming causes of dissension among people, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all the work and effort of deen taking place, accept it, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, Ya Allah. Make it a means of khair and barakat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam begged for. Ya Allah, we also begging for all the good, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you grant us refuge as well, Ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله